to do personally in your own home. That's what this is going to be about. So it's a Friday night and Saturday morning and afternoon over in Dublin. And then we are still going to have church back here that night. All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm going to do the speaking tonight. I promise I didn't pause for you to applaud. I just really needed a drink of water. (laughs) Yeah, sure, Brent. Um, No, really. Um, (sighs) Well, I have people all the time. People will come up and actually some people, it takes them months to know that I'm even the senior pastor. And then they say, oh, I've never heard you speak. You know, and they come at various times. I'm sorry. But Honestly, I speak about half the time. It just, maybe you don't come on those half times. Um, but I want to start, I'm going to show a movie clip in just a second. Uh, but I want to start by just getting real for a minute. Um, I mentioned a minute ago how life just just keeps going. Everyone, anyone notice that? It doesn't, just won't slow down. You keep thinking, well, after this season, okay, after, okay, well, after, well, after this, then it's going to slow down, and it just doesn't. Um, and even over the holidays, I mean, I love, I do love the holidays, and I know for some people, it's, it's not fun. I know for some, it's not, not good memories. For a lot of us, uh, it, it is, it is a good time, but it's also, even though many people get some time off of work, it does seem like you're just running and going, and there's still no time to breathe, you know? And I don't know about some of you, but I, like, put up a bunch of decorations because I have this Christmas town that that I do every year, and it kind of takes a whole day to put up and a whole day to take down. Um, and what I mean by that is, so where's the rest, <laughs> you know? <laughs> just kind of keep going. And... I do know a couple things. I know that God wants us to enjoy the moments with him. If we don't start to learn that and we keep thinking that we need a break from everything just to spend time with God, I know those times are good to get away, very good. But he also wants us to enjoy the moments with him, to enjoy it, to do life with him. Um, I know that that's super important. Um, Just collecting myself for a moment. I also know that um, there are times and sometimes even during during the holidays where life just gets to be a lot for people. And I, I feel like we're entering into one of the most exciting times um, I, for me that I've ever been alive. Um, and yet in the midst of it all, it's like sometimes it's all we can do to kind of hang on, keep going, keep, your, keep, keep encouraged in the midst of it all. So I want to show you a movie clip first, and then um, we're going to talk about some times that I believe are coming. So here we go. Do we have the sound on? It's like in the great stories, Mr. Fertile, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. Sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. 
this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furrow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Furl. And it's worth fighting for. to stop and pray for a moment. Holy Spirit, would you breathe back into us so much hope, so much courage. See, there is good in this world, and, and it's not just out there somewhere. It's in you, and you live in us. It's not just that the Father's good. He is good. But you've also asked us to represent our Father's kingdom on this earth. It's your goodness that, that passes in us and through us to the world. And it is, it is worth fighting for. It is worth standing. Paul said that. He said, you know, after I've done all, I just, just stand. And there are times, God, where that's, that's what you're asking us to do. But I thank you, God, that there is a fresh wind blowing that something different is rising up, that we are alive in this time, in this day in history. And God, thank you. This, this, as I said last week, this is not the same old, same old. This is something new. But God, would you, would you ignite our hearts again? Would you ignite our hearts again to the hope, the certainty of who you are and what you're doing across the earth today in Jesus' name? When we, um, I want to talk about those winds of change that I just mentioned, the winds that are blowing. On How many of you were there for New Year's Eve? Let me just see. Wow. That means a couple hundred other people were there other than <laughs> you who raised your hand. We were in a little church that held maybe 200, and there were probably 300 people there, and then some, you know, people around the corner sitting on every possible square and she could imagine, and we were sending people away, and people were in other rooms just listening. But I, I want to tell you something. There was there was something in the air. Um, I, I've been a part of a lot of New Year's Eve gatherings. This was different. Um, it was it was it was uh, that there was such fuel already in the room of expectation of hope that one little match just whoosh, it set the whole place. It was like a blazing fire or something. <laughs> And I really believe the Lord was saying that the Lord was saying this is this right here is a visual. It's a sign of what's coming because I'm changing the expectation in my children's hearts. I know he always puts expectation and hope in us at different times. I, I get that. This is different. 
And, and I've said for months now, there's something to me, what, what is happening, some of the things I've been crying out for for decades in the way of revival, of seeing true transformation, it, it feels solid. Before, I always had hope, and I always knew it was coming. This just feels different. It feels solid, like, oh, this is actually happening. So winds of change. Uh, we had Doug Addison with us New Year's Eve. This wasn't actually what he said that night. This is something he was on Elijah List a couple months ago. But he said, there is a massive wind of change that's finally coming. This spiritual climate shift is happening in order to blow away the things in our lives that have held us back. It will remove things we have battled with in the past. As long as we are in the place that God has called us, we will be safe. God, God is blowing away debris and preparing us now for a dramatic change. We need to embrace the changes that are coming and not be afraid. He gave this word in the fall. Sometime I want to say September-ish is when, he, when this word came out. I believe absolutely we're, we're entering into to this that he was talking about. And uh, I'm just going to, I don't always do this, but I'm going to show you another movie clip already. Um, about the winds of change. This one is a little more lighthearted than uh, than Lord of the Rings, which is Mary Poppins. About the winds of change. Time gone ready. Ready in charge, sir. I'll take the report, Mr. Benicoff. Windows change, sir. Seems to be coming in from a new corner. So it is. Sir, so going to turn it up. What is it? A bit of something or other taking place off the port bow. God's be looking cool, I must say. I don't understand. They're not what we advertise for at all. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Perhaps it's a witch. Of course not. Which is that proves? It's her. It's the person. She's answered our advertisement. Rosy cheeks and everything. Rosy cheeks and everything. 
winds of change that are blowing. And, and as, as the Spirit comes, as the Holy Spirit comes, it, it is everything we truly want. But I'm telling you, it doesn't always look like what we thought it was going to look like when things start getting stirred up. And those, those other nannies just kind of represent all the other stuff in your life that's got to go. The things that are not lined up. You know, I hear so many people talk about, um, you know, well, if, if revival comes, it's only because we will repent and we'll get rid of all the sin in our lives. I'm like, really? How's that going to work for you? Tell me how, tell me how you're going to get rid of all that and be clean enough so that now finally, oh, good, now finally God can show up because there's enough room for him. It's like, no, I promise you that's not the covenant. That's not the covenant of grace. The covenant of grace is... Um, I hear your hearts that want me. There's some things that need to be cleaned up, but I've really heard that you want me, so here I come. And as I come, there's going to be some things that get cleaned up and things that are in your life that aren't, that aren't, gonna, that aren't anything to do with the real you. So those things, they have to go. But you see, he comes and he brings the grace because when it's you doing it, not only can't, can't you do it, not only does it not work, but then when you fail... You feel, you feel like a failure, and then after a while, you just want to quit and give up. But see, when the Lord comes, when he comes like a wind, when he comes and starts to blow away the things that have no right being there in your life, it's because it's his presence doing it. All of a sudden, he gives you a bigger yes than these other things that held your attention, that, were, that had nothing to do with you. And, and, then, and then it becomes real. It's no longer about, well, how many days have I been free of this or that it's you're so you're so locked under his gaze you so get his heart for you that these other things begin to lose lose their allure you know one of the problems of trying to um do away with sin is that your focus our focus is entirely in the wrong direction because actually there are scriptures that tell us when the more you look the more you look at sin actually the more you get drawn and enticed to it even when you're trying to say no to it your focus is still in the wrong place. It has to be this way. Papa, tell me again who I am. Tell me who I am as your son. Tell me who I am as your daughter. Tell me again, Papa. And I give you permission. Here's my heart. I give you permission. This is one of the best things you can do. I've shared this before, but I'm, this is, I just want to share it again. Most, I, I truly believe this, most, most believers, most Christians, our idea of righteousness has a lot to do with introspection, which, which is this. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to look inside and see what I see. See, the problem is, is we look in our own hearts and we go, yuck, I don't even like me. And then if, if we still have any you know, gumption left. We're trying to, well, I guess I don't have to do something to change. Otherwise, because I know God doesn't like me either. Do you see how where this goes? That's introspection. That's you looking at you trying to change you. Here's, here's the new covenant of grace. This is what God asks. He says, I want you to do this. And I want you to say, Papa, Holy Spirit, what do you see? Jesus, take a look. What do you see? You You look. Because here's the thing. He's going to show you things at the right time for you to give him permission to deal with it. Because even when he shows you something that isn't your true identity in Christ, when he shows you something that's not, that's not lining up, 
It's not to condemn you. It's not to put you in a place. It's not because he's upset with you. It's because he says, I love you way too much to let, to let that ruin you. See, but a lot of times he'll show us things and then we're, we're like horrified and we think he's horrified. And he's like, oh, no, really, I knew this all the time. You didn't know it, but I did. <laughs> and he says, how about if you just give me permission to do what I do? Because I change people. But I need your yes. Are you willing? And this is where he wants to take us is out of hiddenness. Hiddenness is, okay, I don't like me, and I'm pretty sure God doesn't like me, and, and I can't deal with my stuff I tried, so I'm just going to hide. And then when I'm around other Christians, I'm going to put on a really good face and see if I can look good to other people. The thing is, is it's killing us, absolutely killing us, because it's not genuine. You're not being the same person inside and out. But instead, he says, no, let's try this a totally different way. You asked me to look. When I show you something, you ask me to fix it, and you keep saying yes every time I ask you for your part along the way. That's the kingdom. And it works. It totally works. So that's revival. You know what? These are all on slides, but I guess I'm not going by slides tonight because <laughs> I'm just jumping all over. But that's revival. Revival starts, you know, we want to see change. We, we have people every year who have gone to our school of supernatural we had it for eight or ten years. I don't know, something like that. But every year we have a bunch of people. I want to see change. I want to I do great things for God. There's a couple problems with that. One is that, is that um, their own heart, in many cases, is not uh, open. It's being hidden. It's not open to God having permission to come and change them. So how can they change? How can we change the earth if we're not letting them change our hearts? If you want to see regional transformation... You have to give him access to your heart. If you want, let's back this down a little bit. If you want to see change in your city, you got to give him access to your heart. If you want to see change in your family, you have to give him access to your heart. See, we're really good at, well, God, if only you would make my husband do this or my child's doing this and whatever it is. You know, if you would just change them, my life would be so much better. And he says, you know what? Since, since I have your attention, since you're talking to me right now, let's, let's deal with your heart. Because I promise you, the more you give him access to your heart, the more he changes you, he changes you, it will change the relationships around you. Guaranteed. A couple of years ago, I'm driving down the road. This is... This is vulnerable time, okay? A couple years ago, I'm driving down the road, and suddenly, you know, Suzanne and I have had conversations through the years. There's things that she was trying to communicate to me, but there's things that I, some things I could see and some things I couldn't see, and I'm driving down the road one day, and suddenly the Lord shows me something about my own heart, about the selfishness in my heart. And I, um, I, I'm sitting there on the road, and suddenly I'm sobbing, and I'm sobbing as I'm driving, because I'm seeing things I never saw before. And if somebody would have asked me, am I, am I a selfish person? I would have said, no, I'm not. I don't think I am at all. But when he showed me, again, it wasn't, there was zero condemnation in this. There was zero shame. It had nothing to do with that. At the right time, and because for years I've been asking him and saying, God, show me what you want to show me. At the right time, at just the right time, he said, okay, son, I think you're ready to see this. And I'm telling you, it crushed me in a, in a really good way. It, 
I was sobbing. And and then when I when I met Suzanne and shared with her a little while later, I mean, I, I saw her and, and shared with her what had happened. She already saw a huge change in me. She knew it was real. She knew I had actually encountered God in a pretty dramatic way. And then, of course, as time went on, she started seeing a new me, a new, new me, a newer version of the real me emerging. And, and, and you know what it's done? It's, it's totally, um, for both of us, it's changed our relationship and brought it to whole new levels of love and whole new levels of everything God had designed it to do. And it didn't have to do with me trying to change Suzanne or me asking God to change Suzanne. It, asked, it had to do with me giving him access to my heart and letting him change me. And then it changed. Our, it took our marriage to all new places. That's the invitation. That's where we're going. So when we talk about winds of change and a heart revival service, that's where we're calling it a heart revival service because... Because we have to give him access to our hearts. And, and remember I mentioned earlier about giving. I said I wouldn't ask you to go someplace that I didn't go. That's why we're ready to do this now. Because for about the last two years or so, the elders have made a really conscious decision. I mean, Suzanne and I and then, and then the rest of the elder team, we made a conscious decision. We're going after, we're giving God full access. We don't want fake. We, we want genuine. We want real. We want to be vulnerable. But if we're all honest, that's just a little bit scary. And so you kind of have to get there over time. And the more we've gone there together, the better and better and better it gets. Because, you know why? Because we're, we're, we're out of hiddenness now. We're leaving hiddenness behind. I, wanna, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I'm going to actually do this, but I was thinking about writing a little book, not, not the, like the size I did last time with the title, something like, um, Hiddenness is Not Your Friend. Um, let, me just, let me just read you this one scripture. This is from John chapter 3. You know, you know that the verse we all know so well, for God so loved the world. His heart was so big for the world. He says, I'm going to send my... One and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And then the next verse. Some of us stopped there for a while, and then we learned, oh, there's a next verse. It's really great. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. Oh, now we're really getting God's heart. Some people try to use that verse to say, we have a ticked off father who's looking for any excuse to throw you in hell. And the very next verse says, no, actually, he's doing everything possible because he wants you with him forever. But then I read some more verses past that just a little while ago, and it just gripped me. Let me just read, let me read them, starting with verse 18. No one who believes in him will be judged. We could just stop there and have a hallelujah party for a while. Did you just hear what I said? No one who believes in him will be judged. Isn't that what so many, even believers, are very afraid of? I'm just saying. It's right here. I'm just saying. It's right there. But, see, you're like, up. Oh, there's a but. See, see? But whoever does not believe is judged already. Ooh. Because that person does not believe in the name of God's only son. Now, we often stop there and we go, see? judgment. God's, he's going to separate everybody because that's what he's, he's looking for, any excuse to separate us. 
Well, you know what's interesting is then the next verse goes on and it describes the judgment. Hmm. And the judgment is this. Though the light has come into the world, people have preferred darkness to the light because their deeds were evil. And indeed, everybody who does wrong hates the light and avoids it to prevent his actions from being shown up. But whoever does the truth comes out into the light so that what he is doing may be plainly appear, plainly seen in the sight of God. Do you know what the judgment is? Hiddenness. Hiddenness is the judgment. In other words, we've been so duped by the enemy and by religion to think that any time we misstep or do something wrong that God's upset so we're going to hide and others are going to judge us so we're going to hide and I live in shame because of what happened to me so I'm going to hide and because we won't bring it out into the light we are living our own personal house and we don't have to. See the, the, do you see the judgment? It's like the ju- he's saying Jesus came, he did it all you won't be judged. Oh, but let me tell you about the judgment for those that won't bring things into the light that are hidden. It's not, it's not so good. It's not so good because, because we are living in this hell. And the sad thing is, is that, again, it doesn't have to be that way. He's saying none of this has to be that way. Bring it into the light. If you're afraid, bring it into the light. If you're feeling shame about anything, bring it into the light. What does, what does that mean? It means Jesus, this is, this is really ugly. This is, but here you go. I, mean, I love there's, there's light shining right now, right down at me. Because, see, you can't hide this. See, when you bring it into the light. But the thing about the light is it's going to show up for what it is. Can, do you see anything here? I mean, a palm, yeah, but do you see anything on my hand? See, that's what happens when you bring things that seem so real, shame and all kinds of, you know, ugly stuff. When you actually bring it out to the light, he goes, do you see anything? Because it's all shadows. It's stuff that your mind was totally playing with you. Let me tell you who you really are. Now that you've come into the light, let's talk about who you really are and how much I love you and my plans for you. Enemies tried to dupe you, but no more because you came into the light. Isn't that awesome? See, that's our, that's our joy. That's our privilege is to come into the light. And it seems really scary at first. I don't want to be exposed. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. He's like, I know, I know, I know. But trust me. Come on in. The, the light's really good. It's warm. It's warm. It's yummy. And I'm going to start showing you who you are. That's the invitation. Isn't this good? Oh gosh. Okay. Sorry. I had to. I let me go one more, and then I gotta come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. It's because I wasn't ready to play it yet. So I want you to hear Leif Hetland's word. I went back. Um, all right. How many of you were here to hear Leif Hetland a couple weeks ago? Phenomenal. Please, if you can, go to the podcast. It's free. Blazingfire.org. Go to his podcast. There were, I believe, three of them. Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. This is, this is an eight-minute clip from his, from his uh, talk on Saturday night. I, out of all the hours he spoke, I took it down to the 
best eight minutes I could. So, but listen to him, you know, kind of listen carefully. He has a Norwegian accent. But, um, but check this out about the times that we're living and how, and how God has positioned us for this time. And one of the things that Leif is trying to do right in this segment that I, that I caught for you, he is saying, there's a reason why I came to this church, this little old church called Blazing Fire, when I could be a bunch of other places. And it's because of what God sees in us and where we've chosen to go with him in the way of, of intimacy and realness and being a family in the light. All right, just listen. Oh, to two more. Not that one. You can't listen to that one. Okay, here we go. Here is to invest here. I see something unique about you. I saw it. God is looking at you and he's very, very well pleased. The pleasure of the Father is there. He's looking right now. He is more hungry to come down than you are for him to come. But he is he he will not entrust himself to anything else than a family. The kingdom is a family business. And he's looking for somebody to know how to host heaven. A culture that will be able to sustain it. And the way it's going to be sustained is for each one of us. When we start to honor and know how to value. And we lose the spirit of entitlement when we are coming in here. Because it's very easy to see healing in a culture like this. There was actually healing angels in the room this evening. And if you even feel your body when you stand up in a couple of minutes, you're going to sense you're already healed. There's somebody with a couple tunnel on the right side here that was just healed. Somebody also with a rotary cuff that was healed. We're just in an environment, it's just happening. Healings is just happening. Left knee was just healed. The ankle on the right side was just healed. Just start to test it out. It's already happening. It's just happening in the present. It doesn't matter who prays for you any longer. It just matters that you are, whoa! Because in Adullam, that was the whole thing. But now in Hebron, it is a healing community. It is a healing family. And if you even touch the hem of the garment, you're going to get healed. You don't even have to touch the body. That the immune system, that body is so healthy. That if you're just becoming part of it, suddenly there's restoration taking place. It's a community where you can just be in an atmosphere and you lean your hearts towards a prodigal son. An atmosphere is changing. You're just taking your heart and you just lean it towards a broken relationship and it's being healed. You're just thinking of thoughts and it's already happening when you're getting this community to work in this. How do I know? Because I see it. And I believe that this is one of the 12 places. That's part of why I'm here. I call it an eagle's nest. That it's going to be a gathering place of eagles. And I'm not talking about just this builder, but I'm talking about this community, this people. This is a family here, but there's also family of families around here, connected to a community, covenant relationship. And what's going to happen, I mentioned it this morning, but I have to say it again, where you will get something that somebody else needs. But we need to learn how to honor. So here is the very thing is the supernatural, the giftings. The, the people are going like to Bethel, Reading. I've talked to several of my friends and all of them are my friends there. And I love and I honor them and, and I have so much respect. I remember about four years ago I was sitting by the side of Bill and Chris. I was speaking in a conference and the Holy Spirit convicted me because I was heading to the bookstore. And they always give me all these products. And I was going to go there and they, they were going to give me all these products. And God says, I don't want you to receive anything. I want you to see what is it that I have given you that you can add value to this culture. Because no longer can you come and just take. You have to see when you're coming to the family table, what is your special sauce? What is it that you're carrying to the family table today? 
So when you are coming in, each one of you are very valuable. Each one of you are carrying something. And when we are coming here, we are coming with a gift. We are coming with ourselves. We are coming here with something on a big family meal. And as you are doing that, other people get to taste the ingredients of the meal that you have prepared. And that is spices of pain that you have gone through that other people don't have to go through because they get to taste of that. But you will have access to some of the other plates that is there on a big family table. And fullness will start to be an expression instead of measure. The father is restoring his family. It started with a father, with a son, and with a spirit. And it ends with a family represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, language. Stand before the throne. Jesus was restored to the first reformation. 1517. Holy Spirit was restored through the Second Reformation. I know they've always been around Azusa Street, 1906. But right now, the Father is being restored through the Agape Reformation. And when you have the fathers turns towards the children, children towards the fathers, that's going to stop the curse in the land. Unless I smite the earth with a curse. Family is being restored to stop the curse that is in the land. Poverty, pain, we hear anything about the trafficking, all of those different things. This is the very solution for all of those problems. It is a kingdom family culture that can host heaven, that know how to bring in the presence of God and change environment wherever we're at because of this environment has changed. People that have been in the secret chambers and they have secrets and they don't do a secret conference right afterwards to sell the oil. You have been entrusted. The Father's pleasure is over you. I'm here because I could have been in a mega church right now with a very large audience. And they're my friends. I'm there usually this time every year. There are several places. I have to say no to at least nine places. For every one I say yes. But I'm here because there is an assignment for me to be here because God believes in you. I know you believe in him, but God believes in you. And he's looking for prototypes. And here's the last thing, John 17, 26. This is what we're going to see now being fulfilled. Father, Father, I have declared your name among them. And that's also going to be one of our four things that's connected to the heart revival. Is declaring the Father among them. Everybody's going to see who Papa is. Father, I have declared your name among them. And then he says, and I will continue to declare it. And then he says something, that the very love, Father, that you have towards me, that very perfect love, that, that love that I've experienced from eternity past, that love that we have had, and we, whoa, that love that is so great that you send me to come down here to this earth. This very love that, wow, why I was perfectly willing to become sin so they could be righteous. I became shame so they could be glorified. I became sick so by my stripes they are healed. I became this kind of a love, Papa, that you have. The father has dreams, but the son has vision. The old dream dreams and the young see vision. And that's the family culture. And that is when we're suddenly tapping in the father's dreams. And I'm talking about fathers and mothers, no gender in my way of thinking. Sons and daughters, 
they have vision. Sons and daughters grows into mature and they become fathers and mothers. Now they will have sons and daughters that will lift up theirs. And if you can get three generations, we can transform America and we can transform this nation. And now you will have all of the things, this generational blessing that will start to flow. That will destroy the curses that is in the land. I'm here as a Norwegian. Then I was just pleading to you. And I'm asking you for this time and this season. To be part of something bigger than yourself. To be part of a kingdom family. A kingdom culture that is changing culture. A dream culture where everybody can dream with God. A place where everybody knows who they are and whose they are. A place where we have a high value for people. A place where we love people without any agenda. There's no hook. A place where all of the people we know are instrument. When we come together, we all come before him. We're our instrument and we change environments. And then because of that environment changing us, we all have skills set and tools. And we can solve the giants that is around us. When we have this in place, he's taking us to Zion. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. My Papa, your Papa, our Father. We honor your name. We're going to see your kingdom come. We're going to see your kingdom come. You could hear it in his voice. We saw it. A few weeks ago, but you can hear it in his voice. He's totally broken because, because he saw what the Father saw here, um, that we have given our hearts to him. And that's what God's all God's looking for anywhere. He's like, I can, I can change the world. I can bring, I can usher in revival whenever I want. I'm looking for a people who want me and who, who give me access to their hearts. Remember that passage one that so many Christians are afraid of, where Jesus says, um, you know, he'll say, away from me, I never knew you. That, that scares us. That passage scares us. Because you read it and you're like, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I prophesy? Didn't I heal in your name? You see, we've changed it back to, didn't I do enough for you? And he says, no, you missed the whole point. It's relationship. Notice that he didn't say, away from me, you never knew me. He didn't say that. See, we always turn, we turn this passage into more works. Do, am I loving Jesus enough? Did, did I spend enough time with him? If not, I might hear these awful words. He didn't say that. He said, I didn't know you. What does that mean? You didn't let me in. That's all I want is in to your heart to do what I told you I would do. That's all I want. And see, we're going around trying to change the world for him. He says, I'm not interested. I'll change the world through you if you give me access to your heart. That's all I'm asking for. I just, I just want you. And I want to be for you the Savior that, that I died for. I want to do for you what I died for. That's all I wanted. That's all he wants. See, it's so simple, and we've turned it back into, have I done enough? Am I good enough? And it's killing us. Just right now, because just because there's tenderness in this room, would you just stop? Would you, however you want to, and and just give him permission? Since that's all he's asking for, would you give him permission? Jesus, here's my heart. I give you access so that you can know me. Would you just tell him that?
Here's my heart, Jesus. I want you to know me. I give you access. And he says to you, you know what? I'm not shocked at all by anything I see. I already knew the things you struggled with. I already knew the things that happened to you that that brought you so much shame. I know I know these things, but thank you. Thank you for giving me access. Thank you for letting me in and peer in from the inside out because I know how to clean house. I know how to make this a home that I, that I can reside in comfortably. I can change the world with this one heart just so long as you give me access. And for some of you, there's places of your heart that he's, he's crying over his, his tears because of things that happened in the past that weren't his heart for you. His tears actually, now that you've let him in to have full access, they like, they're dropping on those places. Those, the tears drop and the warmth that oozes over those places because he's healing you. He says, yeah, I cried too. But we're not going to let the enemy use this to rob you anymore. And for so many of you, some of the the, um, struggles strongholds of certain areas, addictions, things that that have brought you shame, things that have caused you to hide your face from God. He says to you, you know, I know where the roots of all these, I know why that got wound around your heart. I know how to take care of that if you give me permission. And then you can finally rest from trying so hard to change yourself. And you can let me bring real transformation because I'll do it. Because I died that sin would have zero hold on you. But I know how. I know how to masterfully work with your heart so that you experience all the freedom I paid for. So would you give him permission to those areas too? The places that that you've been ashamed of because you tried so hard and you couldn't change. Just give him permission, Jesus, that you do it this time. But just so you know, he might show you more things. Just like he did to me on that road at a time I wasn't even asking him to show me. But he just chose that moment. He'll choose moments to show you things. Never to bring shame. 
but so that so that as you see it, you'll agree with him to give him full permission to do the surgery, any surgery that's needed. Because he wants you to live full, joy-filled lives in the light. And if some of you aren't ready, you know, you weren't really ready tonight to give him access. Just just tell him that too. He already knows it. Just tell him. Just be real. Start being as real as you can with the lover of your soul who's never frustrated with you. He's not ticked off. He's saying, just let's just talk. Do you remember that even in the old covenant where, where the father says, can we reason this out together? Remember that passage? The very next thing is he's, he says, I made your sins as white as snow. <laughs> like what? That's God's reasoning? And that was in the Old Testament. How much better does it get in the new? He's like, "Let's. can we just talk about this? Because I already took care of the problem. So if, so if, it's, been, if it's hard for you, to open your heart and, and bring it into the light. Just tell him about it. Just say, Jesus, I'm not sure why it's really hard for me to give you access, but could you, at just the right time, would you show me that too? And I'll release it. I'll, I'll do whatever you want because I want to live in the light the way I was designed to live. good this is going to keep going you guys just so you know this is not a one time thing this is a way of life it is it's a way of life and I, and when I tell you that it doesn't mean that you're miserable you know in sackcloth and ashes walking around and saying God show me the next thing you actually get to live happy lives and along the way he'll show you the next thing when it's time so that you can have more and more freedom Whew. Yeah, that was that was real, you guys. There's some deep things that took place right there. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So these winds have changed. This is just in the last couple of months, myself and a few others spent a lot of time praying and listening to God and hearing his heart about the times that we're in right now. This is what we heard. We've caught God's passion and his urgency to have our hearts ready. But why? Oh, because there's a huge harvest of Papa's sons and daughters who will be coming into his house. And he's inviting us as a family to walk in the fullness of his spirit in a more dynamic and real way than we've ever experienced before. See, if there weren't other people that needed to know the real, the truth of, of the Father of what, and what Jesus has done, then we could just all go to heaven now and we're good, right? But God says, oh, you know what? Not yet, because there's a whole lot, like billions of my kids who don't, who aren't experiencing what I paid for. And so, but do you remember, even even in the Old Covenant, it was always God's plan. I'm going to pick a people. I'm going to pick the Israelites to show the world what it's like 
like don't mess with don't mess with these people. It's not going to go well for you. Um, what does favor look like? Well, God wants His favor to so shine on us that it looks like something that we're actually living the freedom that He told us we would live and the joy filled life. And when others see that, I promise you, they're going to want in. Yeah. Promise you that. But see, it's got to be the real deal. I'll tell you what the world is really tired of. They're tired of fake Christianity. They're tired of Christians who have not given God access to their hearts, and they're trying to play a really good game. And see, the thing is, people can see through that. And they're like, that, yuck. I don't, if that's Christianity, no thank you. See, but there's something new emerging, and obviously not just here in this place. Something new is emerging around the world. God's kids are starting to give him access to, to their hearts. It's starting to happen. This is the reformation that he promised. It's just that it's looking different than we thought. For decades, I thought it was going to be if we just have a good enough service with enough wahoo, yay Jesus, you know, then the glory's going to come and then everybody's going to see it from around and they're all going to come streaming in. That could happen. It, I'm not even saying it hasn't happened sometimes in history. That could happen. But you see, God wants a global revival. And there's one way that's going to happen, and that is because his kids start giving him access to our hearts so that we start looking like what Jesus paid for. That's the time we're living in. (sighs) Like that. So we're going to experience heart revival, which revival, the word means to live again. He's going to breathe life back into us. There's places where the enemy's tried to kill us, and Jesus says, I don't think so. I'm going to breathe life back into you. We're going to return to wholehearted living after the enemy tried to cause parts of us to die. God is filling the meaning in the emptiness. There's a lot of emptiness, and God says, no more. Hosea 6.2, he will revive us that we may live in his presence. Can I just tell you something? We have some really weird words in the church. We have weird language sometimes. And I'm not putting, I promise I'm not putting it down. It's just kind of weird. Let me give you an example. I don't want, we don't want just want a visitation from God. We want a habitation. Now I get it. And I would say, amen. But honestly, to people outside, they're going, that's weird. What's a habitation? <laughs> I, I would not say to my a beautiful wife who I adore, Suzanne, I would not say to her, Suzanne, I don't want you just to visit me. I want a habitation. <laughs> Even though that might be a great thing, but that's just weird. What I want to do is I want to live my life with her. I want to know her heart. I want to get so connected to her. And we do more and more together with one heart. Can we just do that with God? He's, he's the lover. He's our lover. He's the lover of our souls. Can we just do life with him? Because that's what he wants. <laughs> anyway, just my thought anyway. So kingdom transformation. This is where we're heading. Transformation that starts in your heart. It works its way to your family and friends, to your workplace and your school, to your city and your region, through supernatural love and power. And I want to tell you something, that in, this, in the days we're, we're coming into right now, that those who give real hope are the ones that are going to have influence in society. Because society is without hope. But it's got to be real hope. It can't be that pretend one. Which means you're going to have to go someplace real with God. You getting this? Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me 
For Yahweh has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the news, to bring good news to the afflicted, to soothe the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, to release those in prison. This is your job description, just so you know. To proclaim a year of favor from the Lord. Hey, that's better than curse. And a, and a day of vengeance from our God. Now, let me just say right there, really quick, day of vengeance. Absolutely, because God is not going to let the enemy and sin destroy his kids anymore. He's like, no more. We're here to comfort all who mourn, to give them for ashes a garland, a oil of gladness instead of a mourning dress, mourning, you know, sadness, for despond- instead of despondency, festal attire. And they will be called taberns of righteousness, oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh to glorify him. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise what has long lain waste. They will restore the ruined cities so that all that has lain waste for the ages past will come to life. I just want you to hear it. It's in the scriptures. Because when, remember when Jesus picked up the scriptures, that was his job description. He picked of all the passages he could have picked. He says, oh, my ministry is about that. We're going to live more wholeheartedly. We're going to know who we are as sons and daughters, not orphans. We're going to accept ourselves and like ourselves. You, are you good with that, liking yourself? I heard a little bit of nervous laughter is what I heard. I know some of you heard me say this, but here's your homework. You want some homework? Go home. Go look in the mirror. Look yourself straight in the eyes. And tell yourself, I love you. For 90% of you, that's going to be the weirdest thing you've ever done in your life. 10% of you have actually taken my word for it and gone and done it. And you're actually starting to love yourself more. Because God says... As you're, you're going to take my love and you're going to love yourself because how can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? And this, this self-hatred, loathing thing, it's, it's, it's not the kingdom. He wants you to love yourself, to accept yourself. He, he loves you like crazy. So it's time for us to agree with the Father. Learn to be vulnerable. There's a whole sermon in that. Coming out from hiding, I just told you all about that. There's the passage having significant relationships. I know we can't, in a room like this, we can't have significant relationships with everybody. We can have real relationships. Like when I'm standing with somebody, I can be genuinely present with whoever I'm talking to in this room. I can do that. I really can. But also we need to have significant, deeper relationships with some people and finally let people in. So in other words, we're not only not hiding from God, but we're not going to hide from each other anymore. And, And just so you know, like in case some of you are thinking this, this just sounds a little weird, like like all of a sudden we're all just going to, okay, everybody turn to your neighbor and tell them your deepest, darkest sin, you know. That's not what we're talking about. Because there's, there's trust that develops when you actually, when it's this vulnerability thing kind of works like this. I'm going to be vulnerable, and then I'm going to see what you're going to do with that. And if you know how to, if you know how to actually care for my heart, and if you choose to be vulnerable in return, we're going to go to a deeper level. And we're going to go deeper. And we're going to go deeper. Now, the ones that, that step on your heart and can't do that, those are the ones, obviously, you're not going to continue to lay yourself out like that. That's just smart. Um, anyway.
there's, there's too much to say, but we're going to represent Christ more accurately. This is, this is what we're heading into right now. We're uh, empowering ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors of love. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20. Uh, and, but first, we have to be convinced that we are right with, with God because of Christ. Because of what Jesus has done, you are right with God. Y'all agree? Half of you, half of you totally agree. See, this flies in the face of what a lot of us grew up being taught. Jesus has made us right. If we don't really believe that, I promise you, we have no good news to share with the world. Because then what we're back to doing is telling the world, well, if you're good enough and you get your act cleaned up, maybe God will accept you. That's just bad news right there. Read Romans 5. Read Romans 5. If, you, if you're not convinced of what I said, please go home and read Romans 5 as many times as it takes until you believe what it says. All right, that was, that was it. That was your, another homework. Two, two things. What was your other homework? Thank you. You're going to go to the mirror. I love you. And look at yourself. Now you're going to read Romans 5. You're going to remember all these things? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have some large gatherings that we're calling Heart Revival Services. Most of you know that about this already. The first one is this Wednesday. Honestly, I don't think you want to miss it. But that's just me. And a lot of what we're going to do is even more of what we've been doing, which is giving God access to our hearts. We're going to, we're going to uh, it's going to be presence-driven if you like the word driven, uh, not content driven, like Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Um, we're going to prepare the soil for those of you who want to come early uh, for intercession at six o'clock. Um, Diane, come here. Let, let, I just want them to see who you are. This is Diane Jung. <laughs> Diane's going to lead our intercession um, at six o'clock. I just wanted you to say a little something. Something You're all invited at 6 o'clock, and what our vision is is that we're going to co-labor and partner with Papa, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus to distribute the goodies from heavens <laughs> into the lives of our churches, our cities, our towns, and everybody around us. We're going to take the bull by the horn, and we're going to go after it, and we're going to pray with love for those in our neighborhood and around. And we're going to have fun. We don't know. Like, like Brent said, it's going to be Holy Spirit driven. So don't ask me what the agenda is. I can't. But yeah, it's heaven's agenda. It's heaven's agenda. And every single one of you are qualified, more than qualified to come. All of you. You're all lions and lionesses. Some zebras, maybe some camels. It's okay. Come on, come on, come on. Join us. Join us. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, some of the books I've been reading about revival um, have all started from just gatherings of people seeking God's heart, and and all of them that I've read. And so, come join us, Papa. Papa wants to see us come together. Okay, thank you. Amen. That's perfect. Just wanted you to catch a little bit of Diane's heart because it's a really good one. 
And uh, we're, we're going to go there to, to pray heaven to earth. So uh, meaning, I'm just going to say already, that 6 o'clock hour, you're not coming to get your own needs met. It's not that kind of prayer meeting. There are places, healing rooms and stuff like that, and it's totally appropriate. There's places for that. That's not what we're doing there. We're collectively agreeing, God, we're giving you permission. Come and, do, come and be yourself tonight. All right? I, I, it's going to be powerful. Um, so we're going to experience God together. We're going to let the Holy Spirit lead. Then we're also going to have our regional home groups uh, where we're going to live out kingdom life together. We're going to learn how to be real and vulnerable with each other. It's going to be a safe place to explore the gifts of the Spirit and a home base also to reach out to your community. That's why we're doing it regionally. We are having, um, I believe this next slide is the, oh, no, let me go back. Um, I'm going I'm to show you the map in just a minute. Never mind. I'm going to go where this is. You can see, I told you I had this whole long thing that I'm not using here. Um, so what are you saying yes to if you say yes to Winds of Change? First thing that we haven't been talking about much at all, but this is super exciting. Um, in your own home, you're going to watch an approximately two-hour vid- video of Blazing Fire's core values that we took from last year's Kingdom Training School of Supernatural. Um, one video every two weeks. What might be about the Father's love. It might be the, the you know what Jesus has done on the cross for you. It might be about a culture of honor. Because we're going to keep saturating. We need the core values. That's what causes us to represent Christ accurately. And so um, so you get to watch it at home, though. It's like it's homework. Every two weeks, like a two-hour video, you could do this. You can break it up or watch it all at once, however you want. Then when we get together, um, the winds have changed large, large gatherings 13 times in the next six months. Um, that's when we're going to experience the Lord together. We're going to give Holy Spirit permission to be himself and see what that form that takes. The following week, not always on a Wednesday because different groups are meeting different times, but the following week is that you're going to commit to a regional home group 12 times in the next six months. You can sign up online at blazingfire.org, or I'm going to show you how else in just a minute. Here's where the groups are. Most of you have already seen this. There's, I believe, 11 groups already. Um, Believe it or not, some of the groups are already full. We are getting so much response from these. And we're already, we're already asking for the Holy Spirit's wisdom and strategies of how to have some new groups in some certain areas. What's going to help us out? If you want in on this, I'm not saying you can't be in on it, but I'm saying we need to hear from you. Because we're, we're, we're asking the Lord, okay, God, where do we need these groups? Who are our leaders in that area if we don't already have one? And so those are the, those are the areas that we currently have. This is the nights of the week that they meet. So if you just look at your area and see when it meets, because for some of you, you know, you'll decide whether you can even do it or not based on the night, at we, uh, night of the week that it meets. And this is what we need you to do. If you have a cell phone, you can pull it out right now. When does your pastor tell you you can play with your cell phone in church? Come on, do we have the coolest church in the world or what? Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so you could... Text us right now your name, phone number, email, or city that you live in and the closest group that you want to join. Again, if you're saying, I want into this, I'm going to commit for six months and see what happens in my life, I promise you you're not going to be the same person. I really can't promise that. I can't promise you what that's going to look like because God knows um, exactly what he's going to do with each life. But if you're saying, I want in, we need to know where you are. And because honestly, people are hearing about this from outside of Blazing Fire. Word is getting out. 
And really, honestly, we want those of you that have said Blazing Fire is my home, we want you in these groups first. <laughs> we would rather first fill these groups with you and then tell others, oops, you know, hopefully we'll start another group. So if you're, especially if you're like Blazing Fire is my home and you haven't signed up yet and you want to, please, pronto. Anybody want a card tonight to sign up? Okay, we have several people. I didn't even open it, sorry. So Russ is going to pass it around. Um, while he does that, let me go back one more time. Here's the cities in the, in the um, alphabetical order. The ones that have a slash by it, it's because they're actually meeting in multiple locations like every other time. But they're still in the general area, the same area. So you just tell us, again, so now that you looked at those one more time, I'm going to tell you, you want to put your name, phone number, email, the city you live in that will still help us out, and then the closest group to you that you want to join. Some people are saying, I, I, maybe I live over here, but actually I work over here in the Bay. And so for me to get to a group, I don't want to be back where I live. I want to be close to where I work. That's totally fine. However it works for you, still tell us what city you live in and tell us the group that you want to join, the one that would work best for you. All right. And later on, you can give it, those of you that are getting cards, since most of you, we did this a couple weeks ago, most of you already filled it out. Um, You can either hand it back to myself, Russ, Suzanne, Karina, where's Joel? Joel. Hand it back to one of us, or you can put it in the offering box if you want. But just make sure we get it tonight, okay? And if you're going to text it, do it do it pronto. Cool. I think we're just about done. Does anybody need me to stay on this page? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of on another slide. But, yes, these groups are going to close after the first couple of sessions because we want you to go deep with some others that you're going to get to know well. And if, if they always changed, if people kept coming in, it would be hard to do that. So after the first few weeks, we are going to close them up. So it's going to be a six-month experience, um, an experiment, a heaven experiment to see. And I, I, it's going to be good. It's going to be very, very good. All right. Can I move on? At, oh, Cities. Cities. If we had enough people that requested it, so tell us where you live. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I got that. <laughs> Just put Pleasanton. Um, you could even put on your card you'd like to have a one in Pleasanton if it starts, and then if you want to, the closest ones obviously are Dublin and Livermore. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, and if we started a Pleasanton group, because we have all this information on a database, we would know to call you. Yeah, absolutely. So what's going to happen is nowhere on our website or anywhere are you going to see who's hosting these groups. Um, But what's going to happen is is as you tell us where you're interested in, we are going to give you information back about where it's happening, where you can go, all right? We just spent a couple hours with these leaders this afternoon. You know what? Can I just, if you're a leader... A, re, a leader, assistant leader of any of these regional home groups, would you just stand where you are? Just stand up. Every, all of you. There's a bunch of you. <laughs> awesome. And that was probably about half of those that are actually leading groups. So just quality people, all right? All right, we're, I promise I'm getting close to the end here. This is a really quick reminder that 
the gatherings. Okay. The only confusing thing of this is that January had five Wednesdays. So if you look at the third dot down, January is the one exception. The, the Heart Revival Services is January 8th and 22nd, which is this coming Wednesday. And the home groups are the 15th and the 29th. Other than January, go to the first dot. Heart Revival, the large gatherings are other than January are going to be on the first and third Wednesday nights. And the regional home groups will be on the second and fourth Wednesday or other nights, what, uh, the fourth, second and fourth weeks of the, of the month. All right. Oh, what's that? I'll tell you why I ended with this. This, yeah, this is a, this is quite a visual, isn't it? Um, I'll tell you why and why I wanted to put this picture up here because this is what we feel like is happening. You know, you you can only get so ready for a baby, but you're never really ready. You could like try to get the nursery going or whatever, or but you know what? At some point, that baby says, "I'm coming," no matter how ready you are, and even if you don't think you're ready, it's coming. And then once the baby arrives, you find out a couple of things. One is, how did I ever live my life without this little one? And suddenly you have all kinds of room for this baby. And secondly, as the things that you didn't get done, you're going to find out whether you needed to or not. Certain things you never needed to do, other things you're going to get done. That's the way this feels to us. It's like, ready or not, here he comes. And we're going for it. We're doing as much as we can on our part to get ready, to put some structure in place. And ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit. He is blowing a fresh wind, and we're saying yes to him. So I invite you to catch the wind. And we got, we've got to make sure the sound's up on this one. You ready? This is just a really quick one. You may want to cover your ears. <laughs> that was it. And you may want to cover your ears. Because I'm telling you what, the Lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring. And this is the time we're living. I'm just, I love, thank you so much. I have loved actually speaking to you tonight because you've been pulling it out because you're so, I just see so many hearts and faces that are ready for this. And uh, God's, God's been getting us ready for a while. And, and here we go. We're going to the next places with him. So I'm just going to stop for a moment. To say to you, Lord, that you are welcome here. You are so welcome here. And when I say here, I mean this place, but I mean my heart. You're welcome here. And we want you to be yourself. We want a place where you can be yourself, both in this family, but also in our individual hearts. We want you to be yourself. So thank you. Thank you, God, that we're living in this time, in this time and place in history. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you've heard the cries of our hearts. I met, I met a woman when I first, a couple years after arriving here, 24 years ago. But I met this woman who was an intercessor her whole life in this region. And she was here when no, when hardly anybody was here. Her name was Opal Wheeler beautiful, precious, older woman, saint of God, who I met 
And just being in her presence, I could feel the anointing dripping off of her. And she had cried out for this valley for decades. And she told me what the Lord was showing her, that when there was nothing here but farmland, we're talking, you know, early 1900s, nothing but farmland in this whole region, the Lord showed her there was a time where this was all going to be populated. And people laughed at her and said, you're crazy. But this is what is here today. It's completely populated. And the Lord told her a phrase. He said, the seed is under the sod. Meaning, God planted the seed here, and there's going to come a time when this thing's going to pop, when it's going to sprout, when it's going to do what God designed it to do. And so, Father, thank you for... I've been crying out for two decades, but there have been people who've been crying out for centuries before us in this region for centuries before us. This is not just about us. This is not about having a cool meeting. It has nothing to do with that. It has to be has to do with fulfilling your heart's desire of what you have always wanted to have happen in this region. And we're alive today. You've chosen us, this generation, to say, here you go. Here we go. The thing that was on my heart, you watch. Watch as I start to breathe it into life. So thank you, Father. Thank you for what we're alive for. So I have one more thing I want to pray for. I am going to ask the prayer teams in a minute to come forward if you can be ready. Um, have a good friend of mine, really really, really good friend of mine, uh, Steve McCree, who is the director of Shepherd's Gate. Any of you know him? He and Carla arrived here about 20 years ago um, to oversee Shepherd's Gate, which is a a home for battered homeless and homeless women and children. Um, they They have helped thousands, thousands of women and children through the years. Um. Steve and I, we met pretty quickly after he got here two decades ago. We were, we were sitting at a restaurant, and I was telling him the revival stories, why God brought me here. As many of you know Jesus brought me here in a dream, a very dramatic fashion. Why I was here, what I was here for. He started to tell me his story about why he came here, and all we did is we sat. We barely knew each other. We're sitting over Chinese food, and we're, you know, sobbing and have snot running down our noses. That was that was my first encounter with Steve McCree, and we we just became best of friends uh, ever since then. Um, a little less than two weeks ago, just a very freak accident. Steve, in the middle of the night, fell, um, hit his head against the wall, and and broke his neck, and um, so he was completely paralyzed on the floor. There's so many thing, ways that God's hand was all over this. Um, you know, just how quickly. Um, he got to the hospital and the right surgeon in place and everything else. They did a five-hour surgery on his neck. He has mobility now back in his hands. He's starting to get it slowly back down. It's just going to take a lot of, you know, um, believe me, we're praying for a miracle to get up and walk. And uh, it looks like in the natural he's got quite a road ahead of him to gain um you know, the use of his limbs back and be able to walk and all the rest. So I just wanted to give you that story and ask if not only would you pray for me now, but as the Lord puts Steve on your heart over the coming days and weeks, if you would just keep agreeing with heaven just to touch to touch Steve. So, Father, we, we agree in Jesus' name. 
that, that Jesus, you have done enough. You did it all. You did it all on the cross for Steve's healing. And we're, we're declaring for his spinal cord to come back into perfect, perfect alignment where, where the signals are coming in just the way you've designed. We just speak to his arms and his legs and his body and we're saying move and get up and do what God has called you to do. We're declaring that nothing, Steve, is going to keep you down, that anything the enemy meant for evil, the Lord is turning to good right now. And we're declaring, Steve, you are a miracle. You are a walking miracle. People are going to look at you and be amazed. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your heart, for your son. We thank you. We thank you that this is another place we get to see your glory, your glory in Steve's life. The followers asked Jesus one day, Jesus, who sinned, this person or this person? He said, no, no, neither. It's so that the glory of God could be revealed. And so, Father, we thank you. This isn't about somebody doing something wrong. This is about your Glory being revealed. We're saying reveal your glory. Show off. Show up and show off in Steve's body and bring him to full health. Steve, I declare over you, you will walk, you will run, you will do anything that you desire. You'll play golf again. You'll do whatever you want. What the Lord has in store for you, Steve. The things he has in store for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, um, wow, this has been quite a full day. Lots of good stuff. Um, I just, I just want to encourage you in the journey. Keep, keep going after um, the one who, who so adores you. Um, do life with him. Meaning, just invite him into more and more of whatever you're doing. You know, don't, let's not over-spiritualize everything. Like, he just wants to be part of it all. And the things that don't belong, he'll let you know that. It's like, oh, thanks for letting me into this. Let's, let's get rid of this part. This isn't you. But it's ongoing. Keep giving him access. Keep giving him permission. It, it's keep coming into the light. And I pray, Holy Spirit, your power, your courage for each person to go there and be part of this end-time revival in Jesus' name. Amen. So prayer teams, would you come up? Whoever's on. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to beef up our prayer teams pretty soon, huh? So you'll I'm sure you'll hear about that too. So some of you that have been like, I really want to pray for people, I like doing that. And uh some of you that, that have um some of you some of you in this section right here, I'm looking at all of you here. If you want to come up and pray for people, come. I'm looking at you. There's a lot of people I could call on, but just just come on up if you if you would be willing. So we're seeing God breaking through in a lot of ways. So I, I thank you for again just being part of all this. And if you're needing some breakthrough in some area, um, you can go home and talk to Jesus about it. That's totally cool and good and right. And you can also come this way and have someone pray for you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Parents, get your kids in a couple minutes. You have like eight minutes so you can get prayer really quick. Oh, now would be good, she said. All right, get your, get your kids, please. Can you put some music on, Patrick? Do you have some music?